And welcome back to Megan's Old Office, everybody. I'm Keith Holmes, the Director of Missions and Small Groups Activities here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in beautiful downtown Omaha. Mm -hmm. Actually, midtown Omaha. It's not downtown. We're considered, quote unquote, midtown JD. And with me is JD, who's are we? We're going to focus on such minutia as this today. You know, we never know. Yeah, this okay. is this is. We're getting into a part so of Exodus we, where a you need. Did I miss a meeting or, and we're you, talking about... We need to get laser focused okay, so. on, and so we're we're starting even here in the introduction. <laughs> well, welcome JD. Welcome listeners. I'm so glad to be here. I'm really glad you're here too because you know a lot more well, about the facts, Bible than I do. I, let's so. face facts. You guys would be lost without me. I, 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 we'd wander let's about. Just call it like well, it is. I mean, I can't even tell the difference between Midtown and downtown with that and you're sitting right next to me just imagine how bad it would That's be terrible. anyway so i'm here with you today to talk about exodus uh listeners we are going to be in exodus 19 and 20 and we've had seven episodes preceding Correct. check them out yeah, yeah exodus is a very important we talked about that last uh, show how important this book is yeah uh it, it just really applies it's very thought-provoking for us today even though these are stories that happen you know 3500 4,000 years ago, right. uh, it's amazing how how much they speak to us yep. today, or Amen. can, if we will allow them. And that is, that that's part and parcel of what we talked about last week, is are you, are, you know, what's your relationship like with God? Yeah. And and so, do you let him talk to you, do you, or do you just talk to him? Do you just give him your laundry list and expect that to be taken care of, and that's how you... The word command comes to mind. Do you command God or do you allow God to command you? Allowing someone to command you. You you opened us with the question about bosses last week. And and there's only one way this relationship can work. And and we, we make the... We do so much... We spend so much effort contorting God into something that we can command. <laughs> and we can't. There, it cannot possibly... You are talking about a being. And I have conversations, Keith, with people all the time yeah. about God. And they don't exactly believe uh, in God. And I have these conversations with them. And they, they're not exactly Christians. They don't like certain things about it. And, yeah. and I quite often make the statement... When you're talking about God, you're talking about a being of such power that I can't describe it with words. And yet, yes. human beings are funny because they're like, yeah, I believe in God. He's in this suitcase that I carry around. <laughs> and it's like, that is so idiotic because we're, you're talking about, even if you don't believe the, the biblical narrative of how the universe was created, right. still, if you believe in the existence of God, then by nature, God is greater than the universe that you occupy. Right. Really, you think you can push a being like this around? Yep. You think that this being needs your opinion about anything? (laughs) Sure he does. We are talking about a being... You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I'm just astounded. Description. I'm astounded you give him a suitcase. I put him in a box <laughs> that's like, you know. At least Tupperware. It's, 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 nice. it's, it's a nice box, but <laughs> I, you give him a lot of space in a suitcase. But seriously, we do. We go around putting, trying to stuff God into a box, or you know, you know, we we've said it a million times. Uh, you know, it's the genie in the lamp. You rub the lamp. Hi, God, I need this, and back in your lamp, please. I have to come back to this point over and over when we're talking about Exodus because this is a big theme of Exodus and of the Bible, of uh, of what we're talking about here. Are you going to allow yourself to be commanded by God mm-hmm. if you knew? And in Exodus, we see how. 
ridiculously powerful God is. We're Amen. talking about the ten plagues and crossing the Red Sea and a fire, a pillar of fire and cloud. I mean, uh, Mount Sinai. We'll talk about today and, and just these displays of incredible power in in, in God's life. But uh, in our life through God, and then Jesus comes along. He's walking on water. He's yeah. casting out demons, and yet he the tells disciples a storm to stop. Exactly, and yet the disciples. He is a great example. Yeah. He waves his hand. He just waves his hand. The storm stops, and the disciples actually still feel as if they can advise Jesus. I mean, if you see a guy stop a storm by waving his hand, I mean, you're not pushing that guy around. And yet we still do that yeah, we, to God. Well, it's imbecilic. It really is. Well, it's like when we talked about the Pharaoh in one of the first episodes, you know, how he, how we bargain, we conjole, right. we, we try and set the parameters of God for God. Right. We, you know, God, all right, I'll let you, I'll let you go into my life this far, right. but then I want you to stop. And, and this doesn't mean that we're just automatrons or little pawns that God moves around. Yep. We do have the ability to weep and cry and even yell at God. The Psalms, Amen. the book of Job, you, you know, uh, you see these kinds of interactions. But it's not because we have that right. It's because God allows us to yeah. have that freedom of relationship. Yeah. God, God doesn't want us to be robots. Right. He doesn't want us to be uh, pawns on a chessboard. He wants relationship with us. Yep. But don't ever forget that the reason you have that is not because of your greatness or your authority. It's because because God allows it Amen. in the midst of his greatness. Amen. That is a very different paradigm, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, I can't, I can't get over how, yeah, I, I just listening to you talk, I just think of all the times I've tried to do it. I've tried to, you know, say, all right, no, God, yes, God, do this, God, do that. You know, what would be great, God. You know, I love that. You know what we ought to do, God? <laughs> you know, because we talk about the we oughtas, right? You know, the folks that come to you or me or anyone, even a listener might have someone in your life that comes to you and says, well, you know what we ought to do, which really what they're saying is you ought to do this. Right. And so just we do that to God as his children. You know what we ought to do, God? We yeah. ought to. And James and John said to, J to Jesus, they yeah. said, hey, you want us to command fire to come down and destroy this town? And, and Jesus has just got to be like, oh, man. <laughs> What why? are you doing? Why are they why? Because they, they insulted did you, you? Yeah, why did you speak this out loud? And, then, and yeah. then they're riding down the road and they're arguing over who among them is the greatest. Right. Jesus has got to be just like, uh, yeah, morons. Uh, so when you were, uh, uh, not the, would, would Jesus use the word moron? Nah, I don't know, maybe. Well, uh, that, maybe. That's for another show. Yeah, show. There you go. What, when you were a kid, you, obviously you had rules that you had to follow. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, from your parents and from teachers and absolutely. What, what rules did you have as a kid that you hated, but now you realize were really good for, and, for you? And, and this is this is something I still struggle with, and that is screen time, as the parents oh, call yeah. it today. But for me, it was just TVs. And you know, I still remember mom and dad telling me, "You cannot sit in front of the TV all day watching shows," and that's all I ever wanted to do because you know I. The kids in the neighborhood didn't always want to play the games I wanted to play or were being mean to me in particular or whatever, and I didn't really, you know, didn't want to go out. So I found solace in the box, right? Yeah. You know, I found solace in the in the TV, and so I would sit and watch. And one of my favorites was Abbott and Costello. Mm. I mean, I, I used to be able to do Who's on First word for word there mm -hmm. for a while because I loved them so much. But, you know, it's those moments where you're, you're you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're not doing anything and you 
I usually had something to eat as well. So I got overweight pretty quick as a kid, you know, and I was always a chubby kid. And so now I look back and I understand that because I struggle what your parents, what my parents meant is like, you need to engage with people. You need to, even though you don't get along with them or they don't, you know, you fit, you know, try to find people that you can get, get along with. Um, don't just sit there and be a lump. Mm -hmm. I mean, couch potatoes, you know, we smile when we say it, but there's, that's a real thing. You know, I mean, you are, you are becoming a a tuber, (laughs) you know? And so, uh, you know, so I see the wisdom of that now and I, and I struggle to motivate myself to step away from my computer nowadays more than my, my, my TV, but it it, it is, it's a whole lot easier. I think if mom and dad say no, and you gripe and complain about it, right. but you obey. Right. How right. about you? Anything well, that you had when, as a kid? When I was thinking about this question, I, I was thinking about all the newspapers that I've ever delivered in my life because I started delivering newspapers back in the old days. That's door to door, you know, none, nothing electronic. And uh, right. I started delivering newspapers when I was nine years old. Think about Holy that. Holy crow. And so, it, you know, and there was this discipline that had to go, you had to be up early in the morning, mm-hmm. you know doing it right, you know, discipline, discipline, you couldn't miss a day. Yeah. Newspapers never stop. Right. And then just, there was just the, the rules of that. And while I was getting paid and making more money than most of my friends, there was this, you know, sacrifice uh, uh, to, to that, yeah. uh, that, uh, that I didn't, didn't appreciate and didn't like nobody else was doing, doing this or having to do this. And, uh, uh, yeah, I see that, and I like what you said uh, today. As an adult, um, you know, I can get immersed in, in the TV and and uh, in just immersed in my own cave, I guess. Yeah. And in in Christianity done done right, uh, observed correctly, calls us out into community, and, right. and it forces me being a minister. It has, over many years, forced me to be in a relationship, not just <clears throat> not just uh, in person and in quantity, but in quality. There, right. You know, uh, it's not enough for me just to, to to wave at somebody and give them a thumbs up or whatever, right. but to to really honestly be in relationship with yeah. with with folks and to extend grace and to try to extend understanding and patience and 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 hopefully receive that in 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 kind in, in return. Um, that, that's a rule, if you will, to get back to right. the, to to the question. Uh, I I'm a Christian, and and the rule of Christianity is you you cannot do it in a cave by yourself. Right. You can't. We've talked about this before. Yep. You made reference to it in the last shows, like this. You know, we oh, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's just me and Jesus Christ. No, it's not. It it, nope. it, it isn't. It, that's that is not Christianity. That's not a good view of Christianity. No, I mean there all. there are certainly things that you do alone with Christ, prayers and study and devotional times. But if it is not carrying you outside your 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 man cave. Outside your comfort zones, yeah. out, you know, where you're making sacrifices, where you're giving up Saturdays to, to, to work on a mission project, where you're giving up some of your, your money, maybe even to the point of giving up a, a, a vacation in order to give your money to somebody in need. If that's not happening in your life, I don't think you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you're not doing it right. And, and uh, God honors those, those sacrifices because God wants to see us. Those are the rules of God. And right. this is the thing that Exodus, I say it again and again and again, that Exodus puts before us is, is, is the, these rules and these patterns 
uh, that are there because God has authority, not us. And we're called into a relationship with this God and this God of ours who created the universe. Oh, my gosh. uh, yeah, has the right to 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 have some rules. He does uh, for us. Well, he, yeah. no matter how odd we might think and, they and are, the hard part is he gets to break them. The funny, he gets to break the rules because he made the rules. You think about those those rules right. my parents did. You know, I go back to why is dad sitting in front of the TV? Yeah, right. He, you know, he had a. Pers- why is Jesus walking on water? Right. You can't yeah. Do that. You're well, not allowed to can. do that. He, yeah. made, he 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 made the water. But you know, <laughs> the the funny thing is for me is is that. That God in the Bible never says, uh, I'm going to do this. Is that all right with you, Abraham? <laughs> is it, can you work me into your schedule, Jacob? Yeah. Hey, you know, hey, Job, right. yeah. uh, this is what I'm going to do with yeah, you. How yeah. do you feel about it? We're going to take a poll. You right. know? Yeah. There's yeah. no, God just does it. Yep. Amen. And, and has every right to do it. So, anyway. Well, we're going to look at Exodus 19. Uh, the chapter is uh, 1 to 25, it, so we're not going to be able to read uh, Exodus 19. So I hope you take a moment and, and read that, uh, because it, it's important that you know we read the Bible, and, and it'll, it'll also help you answer the questions that we're going to have here. Um, so this basically, we're going to recap this for you, as we say, sum up. And it starts with the arrival of the Israelites at Mount Sinai. They, they come to Mount Sinai, the, the pillar of fire rests there for a while, and basically God wants them to be consecrated. He starts preparing them to be his people in the desert. And to be consecrated is to be made holy. Thank and it you. Is to, it is to go through certain procedures that make you holy, that, that clean you, if you will, mm-hmm. spiritually, yep. uh, and in some cases physically. And so in 19, they arrive at Mount Sinai, which there's going to be a lot of the story told here. There's going to be a lot of drama that is going to unfold in this spot, this very holy spot even to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people are there in the presence of of God is there, and what really happens in the pivot that happens in chapter 19 is that the people start to to get an idea of the things that they're going to have to do to be around around God. This is not going to be God is going to be in their midst, but this is not going to be some kind of casual thing uh, right. where 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 God is going to be in their midst and everybody's going to just be able to hey hang out with God and right. any and it doesn't make any difference what I wear or how I smell, or what I do, or how I act. No, it does matter how you act. And the example that I have often used with people is like, if, if, if we're all going to go right now, it's me and Keith and Jonathan here in the studio, and if I said, hey, we're all going to go tour a nuclear facility, a nuclear power plant, okay? Right. Okay, great. At some point, if we were going to do a tour of a nuclear facility, at some point we would be, I would expect to put some, special gear on i you know i wouldn't go through yeah. there we're gonna go check out the core reactor now right and... which you can do if yeah. you're wearing if you're taking the right precautions right exactly you can handle things and move things around and but you can't just do that wearing shorts and flip-flops you you know what i'm saying absolutely you, you, can, you can work with nuclear energy yep but you've got you're talking about an unbelievable source of power, and you have to respect it. Same with just working with a campfire. Okay, right. I'm going to make a campfire. You've got to do it in a, in a certain specific way, and if you do it in a casual way, you're going to burn the whole forest down. Right. That's just the way it is. Right. How much more so if those things 
things are true, how much more so than with God? Right. And and this is the this is okay. God is going to be in your midst. You better recognize that 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 this the, this is the ultimate source of power in the universe. It makes a nuclear power plant. Like God makes a nuclear power plant look like nothing. Right. And it were a, a little a campfire look like absolutely nothing. Yeah. And if those things are dangerous, and they are, and we tell our kids. Uh, how to use knives and saws and, and things, tools that are that are that are very important to to use, but you, you have to respect them. And, right. And why not God? It makes yeah. so much sense. Now we have Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has come. He's died for our sins. He's he's opened the veil uh, to access to God. Yeah. But it's important to us as Christians to recognize that. That, that doesn't diminish God at all. God has just made it so by grace and by mercy so that we could access God. We make a mistake and we disrespect God if, if, we, if, if we don't still revere God, right. even, even with that free access. And the right. book of Hebrews really speaks of, the, of what Christ has done to allow us to be able to come into the throne room of God, be in the presence of God, but we still should do it with the same kind of awe and wonder that the book of Exodus uh, talks about. Absolutely. I, I think of, you know, you mentioned coming into the throne room of God, throne room of God and, I, and I think of the description that we're given of the throne room of God and what it's like. And if you were brought into the throne room of God, no, you'd be freaking out right. as, as the prophet was. Right. And, and, and just, you know, there's there, and, and the fact that the hem of his robe fills the throne room, right. it, there's God. You're, you're already talking about an amazing place that's filled with creatures beyond our imaginations, and yet God is even bigger than that. Right, and, and this more... is what Exodus does in other books of the Bible. They raise our consciousness yes. of, of, of the awe and wonder of God. I kind of talked right. over you there. I'm no, sorry about fine. that. But, you're fine. But when Moses encounters God in the wilderness with the burning bush... He's like, God says, take your sandals off. You're on holy, you're not in a normal place. Right. And it's not a normal place because I'm here. And so therefore, in chapter 19, God starts telling the people, okay, I'm going to be on Mount Sinai, and this is where we're going to be for a while, and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And why does God get to do that? Keith. I, I mean, you know, I mean, why is God, you know, God has rescued the Israelites right. from Egypt. Why is that so important to understand? Well, I think that's the big thing, right, is, is that we it puts us in our place, mm-hmm. so to speak, and not in a bad way. I mean, I've been put in my place in a bad way. Yeah, I was planning on doing yeah, that yeah, a little yeah, later. Yeah, after, after today's show, I thought, yeah, we were talking about my job description. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but seriously, though, when, when, we're, when, when God uh, puts us in our place, or we put ourselves in our place, maybe, is a better way of saying it, because then we realize that box, that suitcase we were talking about, is is not the place for God. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think the the fact that when you go back and you look at when they were reminded about, and and this can only I can only imagine this being a part of the consecration is you know as being reminded of the time that they were slaves in Egypt and brought out um, the nine plagues, the plague of death, the tenth plague. Um, the the Red Sea, all of this just to remind them who saved them. Right. And in, and if we have that, I think in modern day we get too we get too wrapped up. Now I'm a movie buff and I love movies. Special effects make it real easy for us to disbelieve the miracles of God, mm. right? Because they can do it now and make it look like the actor portraying Jesus does this. Mm. 
And that's not, you know, that it becomes, we become dull. So I think being reminded of the power and presence, just like you've been doing here in this, in the program about the power and the presence of God, it reminds us who he is and who truly saves us and who really can take us from what we were into the new thing that he wants us to be. A very simple question is, does your life belong to you or does it belong to God? Yeah. And, and uh, it's very clear from the New Testament that w- with Christ, the dying and rising again, we've died with Christ. We don't. So when someone rescues, rescues you, when God rescues, rescues you from slavery, as he did for the Israelites, he rescues them out of slavery in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Now, it makes sense. I put it to all of you out there, whether or not it makes sense that the Israelites now belong to God Amen. or not. Yeah. Uh, what's your answer to that? Right. If if you're enslaved and you're going and you're going to die as a slave, and the only way out is for this one to bring you out of this, doesn't he therefore have a claim? Isn't it fair for him to have a claim? You are yeah. not you are not lord of him. You are his slave. Yeah. You are you, you are you are his possession. Yeah. This is the language that, that, that Christianity in Scripture speaks of and uses throughout. And where the people of God fail is when they, they, they lose sight of that. They yeah. lose sight of the fact that we are nothing without Christ. We are nothing without God. We, are, we, we have nothing of any value unless God saves us, unless God protects us, unless God provides for us. And because he does all of those things, he has the right boss us around Amen. and to define the relationship because he has done something for us that we couldn't possibly have done. We couldn't even have imagined right. uh, this, this, this happening. This is the truth of Christianity, but as you've referenced too many times, we get to this place where it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I still have, the, but I still think that I have the ability to boss uh, Jesus around. I get a vote. You don't get a vote. You get relationship. <laughs> You get to be in relationship with God, but the only but God has authority over your life. Oh, nobody's gonna like hearing nobody me say that. Nobody likes that at all. No, nobody aren't gonna likes like me that. Hear, hearing me say that. But I don't care because that is the truth. Amen. I, I mean, struggle with it. Oh yeah. I mean, I, seriously, I'm not good at it. No, no, you're. I mean, I'm not. Sorry. But you know what I mean. Absolutely, you know? of course, I know what you mean because it is true. We all struggle with it. Some of us greater than others, and I think you know, and and here. These guys are easily swayed into thinking they're privileged. Yeah. You know, that's the thing where I think we see um, someone that says, oh, I'm a child of God, therefore I have gr- I'm have, better than you right. who are not, for example. Or um, and, and we see that, and we'll see that, continue to see that. Um, we also think we're entitled to things that we're not. Right. I mean, you pointed that out pretty clearly here, is that you, you don't get to tell God what, Right. what to do. The story of the Bible is very much about what God has done in our lives and then what rights and privilege does 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 God have uh, because he has saved us. So Amen. having that in mind, Keith is going to read to us chapter 20, verses 1 through 11. Now, kids, this is the uh, Ten Commandments, yes. or the beginning of the Ten Commandments. And he, as he reads, 
uh, you're going to notice some of the stuff that we talked about here, that God, he's going he's to read these first 11 verses of chapter 20 in Exodus, and God is going to recall what he has done for the Israelites before calling them to obey him. Amen. He, he, he's going to do that. Amen. And, uh, and we have a little technical problem there in the corner. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Jonathan back over there. But uh, uh, so, so look for, for Keith to, to, to read that. And think about what does this show us about the role of obedience uh, in Israel's relationship with God. So uh, hit, us, uh, hit us with chapter 20, verses right. 1 through 11. Chapter 20. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol, whether, it is, uh, f- whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquities of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to thou, to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, your, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your, resident in your town. For in six days the Lord made heaven and the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. So, what what is the so? Getting back to the question, yeah. God recalls. He heard Keith read uh, chapter twenty. Uh, God recalls what He's done right. uh, for the Israelites uh, before He gives them the the, the laws, the, the commandments. What does this show us about the about the role of obedience in in this relationship? Well, I think I think what it what it shows us is is that. We need to remember who God is, right? I think we need to understand that that God is God. You you did a really great job in these last thirty minutes talking about this, well, thank right? You. Yeah, well, well done, you. But I mean, He is the God who saves, right? And 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 so when He shows us what He's done for us, these aren't anything that we have to do anymore. In my opinion, the Ten Commandments are not something that we have to do. It's something that we want to do out of love and respect for the God that does this for us. See, I love what you say there. I love that. And so I ask you, anybody who's listening, I ask you, Keith, on their behalf, Mm -hmm. have you been saved? Yes. By God. Amen. Yes. Have you been forgiven of your sins? Yes, I have. Have you been chosen by God. Yes. Has God chosen to do this? Absolutely. In other words, he wasn't obligated because you're just a great guy. No. He just chose to do that of his own volition. That's right. called grace. That's called mercy. Right. Is that true? It is Am true. I, I'm asking you, dear listener, has God, do you have a relationship with God? Yes. Is that the product of his effort? Yes, right? Uh, he started it. All of these things... Be, so, so what you're saying is, it's not just the Israelites that have been brought out of slavery. Nope. It is not just the Israelites that have been found. It's not just the Israelites who have been forgiven. This is your story. 
right? Amen. You have been renewed. You've been given a new opportunity. You, you have been brought into a new land. Is that the story of your life? If so, and if, the, if someone else did that for you, and this someone else is Jesus Christ, then how does that, what does that mean or, as far as your relationship? Who in the right mind, having received all of that, would just be like, yeah, you know, thanks, thanks, big guy. See you later. Yeah, I right. Mean, there you are literally. You've just testified to the fact that you would have absolutely nothing of any value in your life at all. You wouldn't even be alive at all right. without Jesus Christ. Right. Doesn't that obligate you to whatever he to, to him defining the relationship? Yeah, I just I, asked that question out right. loud. Right. Anybody want to react to that? Well, I mean, it, it certainly it certainly shows us that he has the right to do it. Whether we allow him in our lives to do it is we our problem, really be, not his. We would right? really be cads if we didn't. Right? Exactly. And so and and so that's why I say when he tells us that we should have no other gods before him. And we're not talking about and and by the way, the idols and the gods before him are not little sticks anymore. Mm. They're pieces of paper with dead presidents on them. <laughs> right. They're they're television sets, they're computers, the things that we give our time, our resources to, those are our gods. And who are you giving the most to? Yeah. I mean, is it hard for you? Because it's hard for me sometimes to do Bible study, to do devotionals every day. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's like I'm guilty. teeth some mornings, I'm right? I'm absolutely guilty. But I'm doing it not because I have to. Some days it feels like I have to. But in the end, it's, it, it's, it, it go, well, okay, it kind of goes back to that question of, of do, what rules did you have that you now know that are for your own good? Right. Right? Maybe we don't see it while we're in it, but now we know our parents were doing this, you know, if we were fortunate enough to have parents that set boundaries for us and, and because they loved us. All, all of this comes back to, reminds me of how many times in my life was like, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Why does mm -hmm. it mean, is it enough for us? Are we humble enough to say, in, as we're encountering, oh gosh, algebra, why do I have to do algebra? This is stupid. Well, because God wants me to do this. Are, are we going to be humble enough, willing to allow God uh, to, to, to just simply say, you're not going to understand this. You're not going to get it. Right. But do it anyhow. Right. As silly as it sounds, I think of the karate kid and Mr. Miyagi saying, I want you to wax the car. Right. I want you to paint the fence. Yep. And he's like, this is, I mean, seriously, this is a great example of it. And he he's all day painting the fence, waxing. This is a movie kids from the 80s. So you might have, <laughs> you may, and, he, and he's like, when am I going to learn karate? And right. he was learning karate the entire time. Right. Just do what I tell you to do. Right. Stop. And, you know, you can ask questions, but wax the car. Right. You know, how much, how much do we learn doing life that way with right. Christ? If we're in devotion, if we're in working with him, reading his word, getting to know him, praying to him, listening to him, we're, we're, we're just, it's going to become a reflex right. that we I, do that. Why are you making me do it? Yeah. Right. Because I said so. Right. Just do it. Just do it.
Just do it. Man, Nike made billions on that exactly. idea, right? But, but you know, like when I worked with the kids, it was that way. It was like, you know, sometimes God just tells you to do it, and you got to. Because look at the look at our heroes right. in the Bible. They did it. Right. And, and just, you know, someday you're going to write your story maybe. Well, and, and, it, it, Keith, quite often, so much of my life and my work does not make sense to me. I can't. Yeah. I, I do it with the belief that in the end, it will make sense. Yeah, and I I, I echo that that. I very think most much. people can yeah, understand that. We we all do. I think yeah. we can all understand that. Well, hey, we're out of time. Uh, I did have one more uh, question, but you can find that on our website. Ooh, um, good, that's tantalizing. That, See, that's that was right. Good. There we nice go. We're, ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, it's a really good question. It's Check a it really out. good question. We're Check not it tell out. You now. Right, but but uh, check it out. We have our we, at dpcomaha.org. Uh, we have a page. You can go up under the under the ministry tab, and we'll find the podcast tab there. And we've loaded all the questions that we've been going through in this Exodus study. Uh, we've been through eight of them so far, and we've got four more. It's a twelve week study, I, and and it'll be great for you to take a look at that. And most importantly, read the Bible. Read Amen. read the book of Exodus because Amen. God gives us so much in this. Until next time, we will... Uh, I'm Keith Holmes. I'm J.D. Gorlatt. And we'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office. Brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash dpcomaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.